When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, welcome to this Cricket Badger India vs. England daily podcast, by the fans for the fans. Virat Kohli's India, with Rohit Sharma, Jaspreet Bumrah and Ravi Ashwan, and young starlets like Rishabh Pant and Shubman Gill. They play host to Joe Root's England, with Jimmy Anderson, Ben Stokes, Stuart Broad and young talents like Ollie Pope and Zach Crawley. It's always England's toughest tour, good luck to both sides, may the best team win. Hello everybody, welcome along. It's another edition of the Test Match Daily and we thought we'd be talking about cricket today. Well, we are going to be talking about cricket, but not the actual play on the park because that finished yesterday with India winning the third Test Match by 10 wickets. Plenty of fallout from that Test Match. Loads of people having their say on the pitch in various things. And uh, we're going to do that again today with the pitch being the uh, podcast today. Plenty of chat about it, plenty of talk from me as well on Twitter. And I was a little bit dismayed. Um, It's been one of the features of this series i love indian cricket i love indian fans but the um tweets that i've been getting saying stop crying stop whinging and um, rather than actually entering into a proper debate started to annoy me a little bit really and therefore i was absolutely delighted when i received an email which was criticizing what i was saying but it was from kush who actually took the time to sit down write an email headed english sensibilities which is fine i'm happy to enter into the debate and we'll we'll talk about that with naman neil and nakul today first of all though gents i'll really Read Cushy's email out. We'll take it from there. He says, Hi, James. I've really enjoyed your podcast since lockdown. Thanks for all of your work. Pleasure. I have been compelled to write this after listening to your podcasts following the day-night test. I don't disagree with the premise that a two-day test isn't a great advert for the longer form, but your insistence that it's all down to the pitch frankly tells me that it's jarring to the sensibilities to you and the vast majority of the English media. There is quite clearly an unconscious bias that pervades when you see something that doesn't compute with what you're accustomed to. We started seeing evidence of this in the test last year, even though this lasted four days and one batsman scored 160 runs. This really needs 
I think when he says last year, I think he means the last test match. This really needs examining. You used the example of how India batted to prove your point. This is his number one point. This is quite a long email, but I'll get through it as quickly as I can. If you look at the Indian innings, only Washington was completely bamboozled. You can't make statements like you do without examining further. Gill, Rowett, Kohli, Rahani, Pant all played poor shots. Ashwin was going for runs with the tail, as was Axar. The rest were tail enders. If Root takes five wickets, then that proves my point. Again, James, you'd expect more from you. Look at this: his wickets as described above. All barring one wicket were poor shots for the batsman going for aggression and they were tail enders. If Cook and Strauss say it, well, it must be true, he says as his third point. Clearly, their opinion is valued, but sitting 5,000 miles away in a studio, he didn't mention that other pundits and legends batting said, i.e. Gavaskar and Peterson. The fact is, James, both teams didn't bat well enough. England worse than India. I wonder what their reaction would have been had England scored 200 in their first innings and won the match within three days. I'll guarantee there would be little talk of the pitch, rather how good the performance was. I'm actually quite tired of media pundits, fans, when it comes to England touring the subcontinent. It seems to bring out something quite unsavoury and a little sinister. How many times do we hear, win the toss, win the match, yet England won the toss and lost? The last tour of India, England won all the tosses and lost 4-0. India lost every toss in Australia and won. The other narrative I saw in the last two matches was the quality of the umpire. Again, I find this a little sinister. Was he umpiring in the last English summer any good? Take a look, he says. I'm by no means calling Ben Stokes a cheat, but imagine that catch was taken by Coley at Headingley. All around booing and accusations of cheating, I'll bet. There's more, but that'll do for now, says Kush. James, I hope you take this in the spirit that it is, it is written and understand where it's coming from. Would love to talk and or contribute to further discussion. I definitely think it's worth exploring. Keep up the good work, James. Kush, I am more than happy, as I say, to get an email like that. Well thought out, well reasoned, and you are entitled to your opinions and of course you are and we'll go through some of those opinions in this podcast today Michael bring you in first here I guess your first impressions of Cushy's email really it's an interesting one I mean I do think that there is a point worth discussing about and I wrote actually this before this test match uh, in response to some of the positions regarding the last test match there's definitely something to respond to in terms of how the conception of what is a good pitch has been heavily influenced by the fact that for the first 100 plus years of test cricket and international cricket, it was dominated and controlled by England and Australia. England and Australia had a veto at the Imperial Cricket Conference, as was, and their cultural mores and cultural um, attitudes based on environmental conditions and, and based on certainly the initial development of the sport as an imperial and expressly imperial sport, though, those do play a factor. Um, Mel Farrell summed this up quite nicely when she said, when she just, just asked the question about language, you know, we talk about, we talk, we use the word rank, rank turner. Rank is a word you use to describe something that is nasty and unhealthy. And it, it's, it's a word best said with a sneer. We don't use quite such pejorative terms when we're talking about excessively seeming. Uh, I, I was, wicked. I was thinking, I was thinking, Knuckle, if there'd been a similar, I, I, I think this pitch in Ahmedabad, I thought it was poor. I, I'm, I'm not going to change because Kush has basically brought up what he said. We'll go through some of his points in a second, but I, I still stand by the fact I thought it was not of Test match standard, and I appreciate what. Because she's saying that some of the shots were poor, but you're going to get that in every single test match. Even when a team gets 700, there'll be somebody that gets naught with a poor shot. You're going to get that. And the insistence that people have got out with straight balls, well, that is still an attack a spinner uses. If they're turning a few square and then one goes straight, that's as big a weapon for a spinner as anything else. So the straight ball argument, I don't get either. But the 
the thing that I, I wanted to pick up from what you've just said there is that if a, if a spinning track is spinning massively, we do get on our high horse a little bit. If it was the same with a, a pacey track and it was coming through at 110 miles an hour and the bowlers were getting every assistance out of the surface and making the batsman jump around, we'd be on their edge of our seat saying this is gripping cricket, wouldn't we? Yeah, for sure. I, I want to go into actually um, bring up the ICC's um, guidance for how pitches are rated. So in terms of a pitch can only be rated unfit if it's dangerous. This pitch wasn't dangerous. But throughout, there's a lot of talk of excessive turn. Excessive assistance to spin bowlers, especially early in the match, is one of the criterias by which a pitch can be judged as poor. I mean, that's also true of excessive seam movement and excessive yeah. unevenness of bounce. Um, or indeed a pitch that offers little or no seam movement uh, with no significant bounce or carry, uh, which I think is the worst possible possibles in for any pitch is a dead pitch. I don't want all pitches to be like anything. I think it's important that there is some variation. And Our variety is the spice of life, and the same applies uh, to pitches and test matches. We don't want everything to be the same, do we? No, absolutely not. I would much rather have a pitch be doing too much than too little. But I want to go further up. The a pitch can be judged as very good if, and I'm quoting here from the regulations, it has good carry, limited seam movement, and consistent bounce throughout, little or no turn on the first two days. That's actually, that's in the regulations. That's built into the regulations that... If a pitch turns moderately to a lot on the first two days, it cannot be judged as very good. And I think that's why that's why it's important to read that out because any Indian fan who's saying that pitch is fine, and I did a poll on Twitter this morning or last night, asked the Twitter followers to say, was it perfect, average, poor, or substandard, or something along those lines? And people were saying it, they thought it was perfect. That pitch was not perfect because if you get excessive turn on days one and two, it goes against those ICC regulations, Knuckle. Yeah, I do. I, I, I do think that. And but I, I just I find it interesting that it is automatically assumed as a bad thing if the if the ball is is turning significantly or even moderately on the first two days. My my personal reading of of this pitch is actually I don't know if there was if you can say excessive seam move uh, spin move uh, bowl uh, excessive turn given how many deliveries were skidding on and obviously that does make it that actually does make it harder for the batters in many ways if there if there is that variation. There's a rat in the kitchen, what am I gonna do? There's a rat in the kitchen, what am I gonna do? I'm gonna get a black rat, cricket bat. Here it fans. The best kit available to maximise those scoring opportunities from blackratcricket.com. Bats made by cricketers for cricketers. Make 2021 count with Black Rat Cricket. Let's bring Neil in and get his assessment on it. Neil, I, I described the pitch during the two days as being a bit like watching your best mate playing Russian roulette because there's like six balls in an over, six potential bullets in a gun. You, you're watching the England batsman trying to just fend off this spin, thinking they could be out any single ball that comes along, Neil. And that, that to me, when you've got, I mean, Kush mentions the, the Cook and Strauss comments about how they would bat on that track and they're saying they don't know how they would cope with it because to get 20 or 30, in their opinion, you needed, you needed a lot of luck. That isn't a good test match wicket, Neil, is it? I think that says a lot more about the ingrained attitudes to test cricket. Also, going back to Knuckles' point, I'd ask who wrote 
those regulations for the pitches where even moderates spin movement. Well, I've got nothing in, against spin on the first day. That's not a problem to me. If it's kind of gentle, no, slow uh, spin, that's not an issue. But it's in those ICC regulations. I, I take yeah. your point, yeah. That's the question. We're, we're talking about a game which has been ruled and attitudes dominated by a um, an Anglo and Australian-centric uh, viewpoint on how the game should be played. Um, I think one thing which also... But, should, but been, should the game be played with big turn on day one, though, and all out in two, two days? That's, that's surely going well, the extreme the other way, isn't it? I think uh, the two days is actually well described um, by you as Russian roulette, because that's exactly how the majority of the English players approach this. Uh, and, and the Indians, to be fair. Some of the, the, inge- uh, the, Indians the Indians got out as well. Uh, the Indians got out to some very, very poor shots, which if you look at them, there was more batsman error than actually the ball that doing uh, wondrous tricks there. You could say the same with most of the England dismissals. I mean, we talk about the straight ball. I mean, Johnny Bairstow just played all around one with massive great big gate. You know, the, the, there weren't great shots from the England players either, were they? Johnny Bairstow had possibly, for a guy who's come into, back into the test team after getting consistently bowled for two years, gets back in the test team on the basis of his great play against spin the spinning white ball to be given out three times in uh, against the three balls of spin that um, you face is um, is a pretty poor show I'm, I'm going to go back to the ECB on this English players these days play against the red ball in April, May oh, yeah. and September. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure Knuckles written pieces, I've written pieces about the fact that the county championship has been bookends the season, doesn't it? And how do we expect to get quality spinners coming through and how do we expect to get people adept at playing spin when One they're thing. playing the majority of their, their cricket on seeming tracks in, in April and May? That do, that doesn't work. I mean, the, the point that I came back with yesterday is that do England really care about that or do the powers that be really care about that? Because it's one away tour every four years when they get humiliated three months time they'll have forgotten about it there's a large part of um, deflection in it one thing which i don't think got mentioned um with it being the first pink ball asian match in these conditions because the previous indian one was in november in calcutta where there was a lot more swing assistance is that the pink ball has extra layers of lacquer applied to keep it visible mm. um, during the evening session. So it's we, talk, we talked in the previous match about how much easier it was to face the spinning red ball after 30 overs when the ball got softer and it wasn't doing as much off the pitch. I think Rohit Sharma showed that particularly well. Now, with the pink ball having that extra lacquer, it's going to stay harder for longer. Did anyone actually make it through to the ball softening and getting a cha- uh, giving themselves a chance well, to... My, uh, my, my take on that, that was that I think in all innings, apart from maybe England's second when they were just pitiful, I thought in all of the innings that we saw, including India's charge to victory, we saw it easier at the start. I mean, I know in the first couple of innings, they used... Paceman, and I think pace didn't have any impact on that surface whatsoever. And Rohit got off to a great start. Zach Crawley got off to a great start. But even in India's innings, it probably took the ball to get a little bit older before the, the spinners actually got a little bit more out of the track off it, I think. And we saw the same with when India were bowling. I don't think the, the early parts of the innings when Rohit and, and Zach Crawley in particular prospered a little bit more was when the ball was hard and new. I'd argue against that, actually. Um, as far as India's second innings go, it was what about eight overs old um, I don't think we can take anything from that but it was still a new but ball wasn't it? it it was a new ball but I don't think we can say that it was easier or harder it's, but it, um, it mirrored the three previous innings in, apart from the fact that Zach Crawley Sibley and Bairstow played 
appalling shots in their innings, um, I think that it was easier to bat against the harder ball than it was when it got a little bit older. When India batted the first time round, I thought Anderson and Broad bowled very defensively. They didn't go for wickets. And I mean, Jerry Gillen, kept them on far too long, didn't he? But I mean, the, the, yeah. the, the bottom line was that India got to, was it 94 for two at one stage? Yeah, it was um, Coley and Rowett batting together. I think there were 34 for two at one stage. And then you've got Coley and Rowett who are excellent. And the more attacking options of Archer and Leach naturally also leaked a few runs. But Anderson Broad um, were very defensive. The batsmen could just leave pretty much everything that uh, that they bowled. I think they well, bowled... It, it made a mockery of England's selection of, of playing an extra seamer because the seamers got nothing really from that track. And it, that the proof's in the pudding on how many wickets the seamers took in the in, in the test match. I mean, going back to Cushy's point uh, that he made in the email, um, he says, the fact is, James, both teams didn't bat well enough. England worse than India. Now, man, I, I totally agree with Cush on that. In, India didn't bat that well on it. England batted terribly on it. <laughs> I think there's one of the worst batting performances from England I've seen for a long, long time. But it doesn't necessarily... That's a different argument, is it, to the, whether the pitch was actually good or not. You can say teams didn't bat very well, but even in other test matches when teams don't bat very well, at least it creeps into day three and, and, and often into day four, as Chennai did, really, when England didn't bat very well. It doesn't get past the fact that the surface, I thought, was poor, Naman. Uh, to be honest, James, we have already admitted that India has not played well, not even in, uh, not only in this test match, even in the first test match and the second test match, uh, India has still yet to perform what they are capable of. Uh, the Once the ball have turned, uh, India has not proved what they are capable of yet. And what my exactly point was, uh, considering this surface also, even if we are considering Joe Root's Pfeiffer, uh, you saw how Dishapan played and it was just middle of the ball and yes, Root, the wicketkeeper folks caught the ball. It was not that the ball turned and it went to the second or the third slip. Even if you consider Sundar's wicket of Joe Root, it was just the off stump dismantled. So it was not that the massive turn was there and there were two to three. But you don't, you don't need massive... I mean, Naman, you've seen enough spin bowling. You, you don't need massive turn to get a batsman out. It's a little bit like swing bowling. When it's, when it's hooping and it's moving three yards in the air, that doesn't very rarely gets a batsman out. It's when it moves half the the bat width that you, you take the edge isn't it you don't need massive turn to bamboozle a batsman you just need regular turn yeah that is what my exactly point is that uh, the wickets of Sundar and Pant was not excessive turn it was just a normal turning from the middle and going to the keepers it's just a normal off spinner uh, wicket I just don't know what excessive turn out was there in. Uh, but there was excessive turn there was excessive turn on, on display the excessive turn didn't necessarily take the wickets but the excessive turn stuck that seed of doubt in the batsman's head that they weren't quite sure what they were looking for. Is this ball going to come straight down, kick on and take my middle stump and come straight to me? Is this ball going to turn excessively and beat the outside edge? Or is it going to be a gentle turn? They couldn't actually work it out. And that was what was putting all the seeds of doubt in the mind. And that was what was leading to the wickets. The straight balls were taking wickets because that doubt was there in their man. That's what my point exactly is, James. This is the challenge what I am looking forward to because if I consider myself as a batsman, it happens the same when it swings the ball. If I, uh, it's not always the batsman predicts that this is going to be in swinger or out swinger or straight ball, but the batsmen are challenging themselves and they have faced Anders and the likes of Broads and they are the 
best uh, swinging bowlers so this happens equally in the spin bowling it was not that the akshar patel was bowling and the ball was staying the five out of six deliveries was staying low and uh, one was turning and going to the second or the third slip you saw the first over itself was that crawley got bowled it was just a normal left arm orthodox bowl second also the best tried to sweep the third delivery was a similar but, the, but the, he, I, I totally take your point naman there were examples of excessive turn though on that track as well and that my point is that that was leading to those what seemingly were tame dismissals. Cricket's a game played with balls. You've got to look after them in the field. Badges are furry creatures. My friends at manscaped.com help you make sure it's neat and tidy down there. Oh, get rid of all that excess fur. Make sure that you're neat and tidy. Make sure everything's in the right order. Oh, feeling all good now down in this set. Oh, manscaped.com. Maximum skin-safe performance, compact design, advanced engineering, ceramic blade, waterproof. And it doesn't end there. Show you care by caring for your pair. Cleansers, revivers, preservers. Simply go to manscaped.com, quote the discount code BADGER. You get 20% off, you get free shipping, and you get some seriously quality equipment. Manscaped.com, get on there now. Nak, we'll bring you back in just to finish off this podcast. As Kush in his email suggests, you know, you look at routes five for eight, there were poor shots that led to that. You look at a lot of the dismissals in India's innings, as, as uh, Naman said, there were poor shots that led to that. But often in test matches, especially these short test matches where it is a little bit like Russian roulette, you're not quite sure when that bullet's going to come with your name on it. Batsmen are forced to play those poor shots because they might they think they might be out any time. So it's actually the good bowling, the excessive turn, the poor pitch that's leading to those poor shots. It's, it's not an example of why wickets fell because the pitch wasn't bad. It's actually, I think, furthers the, the point that the pitch was poor because the batsmen were feeling they were having to play and take risks. I mean, it might seem technical to hide behind the ICC regulations. I mean, I would probably cast this pitch as sort of below average, roughly, in that. But... I, I do think Neil's point about the pink ball is 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 worth pointing out. It's we don't really know because we don't have the counter example, but it may well have been the case that turn might have been more consistent and therefore easier to play with a red ball where it wasn't skidding on so much because of that extra lacquer on the pink ball. A lot of the bowlers, I think Uksha Patel and Joe Root both mentioned this. Um and Uksha adjusted really well. So he was bowling with he was bowling with the seam horizontal to the direction of travel, which meant that if the ball hit the seam, it was more likely to turn sharply if it missed the seam it was more likely to hit that very lacquered surface and skid on mm. there was a, this is a there was a sort of a perfect storm of novelty that it was the first ever picture first ever game at this test match at this stadium and, and there's only been like three or four i think t20 or list a domestic games here so and i'm not even sure if they were on this track first time that a turn that a pink ball had been used on a pitch that was particularly helpful for spinners and the, so the batters didn't have that to go on. They had no historical data to go on. Uh, and then there, there was a general collective sense of panic on both sides, pretty much. Almost as soon as Rohit Sharma got out, really. Zach Crawley and Rohit Sharma were the only ones who main, who stayed true to their game plans. And I'm including England in this because, you know, you, you mentioned the point about about the county championship preparation and then we've spoken before about every time Somerset produce a turning track they get fined for it or Essex at Chelmsford but including the first test England had won six tests in a row in Asia 
And actually, on a few, not the first test of this series, but the Sri Lankan pitches for this tour and the previous tour were turning a lot more and a lot more consistently than this one was for pretty much the entire test. But they were t- the, but what, 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 the difference, I think, though, Knuckle, is that they were, they were turning slower and they were turning, as you say, more consistently. So if you were reading the turn, you could play it. Whereas on these surfaces, it was a little bit more of a guessing game. Yeah, it was, um, which is actually why I don't think that you can say that the turn was excessive. I mean, again, I don't know really. The ICC very unhelpfully only defined excessive as too much, which I don't really yeah. know if that's no, individual exactly. deliveries, if that's individual deliveries turning too much or overall the ball turning. There's a lot of uh, wriggle room in those, too, those regulations. Too many deliveries too much. There's a lot I, of wriggle room. Yeah, There's, uh, I, 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 I think, I mean, the, 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 when, when I read them, the thing I took from it was that it was supposed to be a fair battle between bat and ball, Neil. You know, a lot of people were suggesting when I was saying well, it's a poor pitch, they were saying, well, it's the same for both sides, what you're talking about. It doesn't really matter. Well, you could put a planned field out there and it could be the same for both sides and it would be an awful pitch. And then people were saying, well, what's the problem with having an awful pitch? Well, the problem with having an awful pitch is you get awful matches and the ICC regulations are there to try and steer away from that, the planned field mentality of just putting out a track there and having any rubbish taking wickets. And I, I think this pitch was borderline substandard. I think the the pink ball didn't help. I think the, as Knuckle says, the unknown nature of the surface didn't help either. And I think as as Naman would suggest the the and, and Kush has, the poor shot selection didn't help. I think the poor shot shot selection was continuation of the fact that there was a poor pitch in front of people. The same for both sides argument isn't a a get out from the fact that the pitch isn't good enough. You could have same for both sides. 23 plays 22 plays 31 plays 43. Equal game, probably quite an exciting game. It lasts two sessions. The pitch being put down as the reason for particularly England's performance in this is undone. Yeah, but I don't think it has been. Yeah, certainly. That, with, that's with, with, that's with, certainly how it's been presented. Well, by no, I think that's how people read it. Uh, then certainly, if you look, if you listen to the podcast yesterday and listen to, and see what I put on Twitter, I've been very careful to say. Oh, I'm not speaking about you, James. Yeah, but my my, my, my comment yesterday, Neil, was that I came into this series expecting India to be the better side. I was expecting India to probably be the better side in all four test matches, personally. I have got a lot of my favourite players in that Indian team. As you know, I watch the IPL, there's a lot of my heroes are in that Indian side. But all I'm asking for is for England to be given the courtesy, really, of having tracks that are playable on and for an England team you see it seems like to me Neil that India got beaten in that first game got beaten by quite some margin I was totally surprised by England's victory but you know happy to see it and from there on they decided right let's put England on some really bad pitches that turn square we know where they can't cope with that and we'll get back into this series because the World Test Championship finals on the, on the line I think on the other hand that England got an absolute road for two days of the first test and then when challenged, they've consistently failed to make 200 over five innings. Yeah. It's, it's that, not doesn't, just that, doesn't, a, that doesn't answer what I've just said, though, does it? That in, India have put, India realised that they made a mistake with that first surface. It was too can, balanced. Can I, ju- can I jump in on this, on this point? If, people, if the ground staff produced this pitch, I think there's a lot of, frankly, inexperience in the ground staff for both the Chennai. We, there was a lot of articles, actually, about the Chennai ground staff. And, you know, in this pitch as well, I think there was, I don't think that they were both probably below average. And I'm not actually sure how much design has gone into that. Because if they, if in, if the ground staff thought that a pitch that was very spin bowler friendly would help India more than England, they've not been paying attention for four years. Because actually, India have built their recent home, their home record in the last four years on, yeah, on having a very, on, on having a very well balanced attack on on generally yeah. on pitches that are pretty and neutral, I, I, really. and I said yesterday knuckle as well on Twitter that 
yeah, by almost making it lowest common denominator, I actually think I could have bowled some offspin on that and maybe have the chance of taking a wicket. Well, well this is precisely you, you, my point. You're giving, in, you're giving Root a chance to take five for eight and it's taking away the fact that the Indian spinners are better, doesn't it? It does. It also removes India's fast bowlers from the game, largely. And we had, what, five really good fast bowlers in Ishant Sharma, Jaspreet Boomra, James Anderson, Stuart Broad and Jofra Archer almost reduced to the role of spectator in yep. in this game, which was a real shame because that's what one of the things I was most looking forward to. These are all quality bowlers and we didn't really... The pitch, I will certainly say, was well below average in terms of allowing all bowl, all players to display their skill, uh, which, which I think that's absolutely fair. But I don't buy the argument at all that these pitches necessarily helped uh, India, India or were in in the sense of how much, how India have actually been playing for the last four years. And even in even when England toured in 2016, only really, maybe Mumbai and Chennai but, uh, were, were turning particularly, and even then only towards the end of the Test match. Hmm. The last time India played on a really spin-friendly pitch in Pune in 2017 in Australia, they lost. And they lost because, just as you say, the bowlers with less skill than Ashwin and in that series, Jadeja, were able to be very effective. And it took it took the skill. It's exactly, it's a little bit like when England played Ireland on uh, on the, on the a pitch that was doing all sorts. You know, Tim Murtagh's a fine bowler, but he's not James Anderson uh, as fine a bowler. It actually, it almost makes it more of a leveler. Um, so if the plan was from the ground stuff to produce this pitch with the theory of, right, let's get India back into the series, it was a massive miscalculation and the gamble that just happens to have worked. I think it's going to be interesting, final point to Naman, it's going to be interesting to see what pitch the Indian ground staff at Ahmedabad create for the fourth test match, Naman. The World Test Championships on the line, a draw or better gets India two lords next summer. Will this be a road, Naman? Will they will they make this one a 700 place, 650 track, which goes all five days and England never have a sniff of trying to derail India's travel plans to Laws next summer? Not at all, James. I feel it's going to be the same, just like the second test and the third test, somewhat middle over there. But uh, just simply expect on uh, similar to the second and the third test, uh, right from the first ball itself. Uh, and the, also, the we included Washington Sundar as the third spinner, leaving out Kuldeep and bringing in uh, Bumrah. That also spoke a lot because we included extra batting and also somewhat a part-time uh, spin bowler as a backup for Ashwin. So I don't think so. there is going to be any difference in the wicket for the fourth test. It'll be really interesting to see how it goes, I think, as we go through that fourth test match. It's a series I'm really enjoying. I don't, I don't really think I actually really enjoyed that third test match as much as I, I was hoping to. Um, a, because it didn't last very long. And yeah, just to reiterate what I was saying to Neil there, I expected India to win this series. I was really looking forward to seeing spinning tracks and seeing England put under the pump, watching Ashwin and, well, hopefully Jadeja, but obviously that never came true. And I really admire this Indian side on home soil and I wanted to see as much of it as possible. And for it to be over in two days, I think is the biggest problem for me is that that surface wasn't good enough to last. I mean, if they batted really well on it, I reckon it might have lasted into day three, maybe a little bit, but it wasn't good enough to last long enough to entertain me as much as I wanted. And that's all I want to see, really. I'm not bothered if England win. I'm not bothered if India win. I just want to see good test cricket. And that third test match track at Ahmedabad did not serve up for me good test cricket. Kush, thank you for your email. If there are any things that I've left unmentioned there, feel free to get back in touch and uh, we'll talk about it again in the future. But uh, thanks for taking the time to email me. Neil, Knuckle and Naman, thanks for taking the time to join me as always on the Cricket Badger podcast today. I've been James, the Cricket Badger, and I'll talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening. We will be back every day during England's tour of India. 
Get in touch on at cricket underscore badger on Twitter. We hope you are enjoying the cricket. See you again tomorrow. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.